point to the logo on my chest and tell them, Slendy, Ego, Slendy, Ego, Slendy, Ego, Slendy, Ayy, hit it up hard, hit it with strike, from the national anthem to the bottom of the night, I'm in Slendy, Ego, Slendy, Ego, Slendy, Ego, Slendy, Ayy, you already know what's up, what's that another home run? What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 306 of the Talking Ferris podcast and YouTube show. I am your host, Ben Fadden. Breaking news here. The San Diego Padres have made another signing. They brought in Pedro Severino yesterday. They brought in Seth Lugo. And now today they bring in Matt Carpenter. The Padres, they needed another bat. I think they probably need another one. Uh, but they needed someone that could DH, someone that could play first, someone that could play a corner outfield spot. And that's what they get here in Matt Carpenter. Let me know your reaction uh, to this. Matt Carpenter, former Cardinal. He played with the Rangers a little bit, Yankees this past year. And there was a period of time this past season where Matt Carpenter was like the hottest hitter in baseball. So you definitely hope that the Padres uh, can get that production from Carpenter. It is a one-year deal. I don't think we know how much money it is yet, but it's a one-year deal uh, with a player option for 2024. So I would assume that he would take the player option, but it depends on what kind of year he has, I guess. Uh, he can play first base. This is what he did last year. He played first base. He played third, played uh, right, left. He was a pinch hitter a little bit. He was the designated her hitter sometimes so this guy is what the Padres can do um or this is what the Padres wanted right the Padres needed someone that could play on the corners outfield infield and he can do that uh I think he will DH some um and I think he will play the outfield some unless they go get like Profar or something but I think this is a pretty good pickup here for the Padres just first you know reaction at this uh, Carpenter, according to Ken Rosenthal, he is guaranteed $12 million, could earn a maximum of $21, $21 million over two years if he exercises the player option and all of his salary escalators and incentives are earned. Uh, so yeah, $12 million, that's not bad. If Matt Carpenter is getting $12 million, though for this year, what is Profar going to get? That's my immediate question to that. So if... You know, Carpenter, I don't know if he, if someone thinks or if teams really value him as like a everyday starter or they look at him as an everyday starter. So if he's getting 12 mil, one, I think the Padres think that he's going to be in the starting lineup every day. And two, Profar, you would think like 15 mil, right? Somewhere around there. Uh, and Benintendi just got five years, 15 mil per year, 75 in total. Do you want to give that to Profar? I don't want to. Uh, so maybe this is who is playing, or this is who the Padres are getting instead of Jerks and Profar. Brandon Drury is still out there on the market. He can play first. He can DH. He could play second. He can play third. Um, uh, it feels like he's not coming back, though. Maybe the Padres go with Matt Carpenter and they bring back Will Myers, or they go Conforto and Carpenter. I, I don't really see Carpenter as an outfielder, I see him more as someone that will DH. He can play first. Like That's what I see him as. He's a lefty. Um, if you want Crony to go play second base some days and you want Bogarts to DH or you want Kim just not in the lineup against certain righties, you could do it that way. Because I know that uh, I saw, I think it was Dennis Lynn or someone was writing about the Padres uh, this last week. And the Padre, he was saying that the Padres maybe would want to sit Kim against certain righties because of the, you know, the platoon splits um, or his splits against righties aren't as strong. So this is, you know, you have a righty on the mound, have Carpenter in there. You have Crony over at second, Bogarts at short, Manny at third, and then you have Grish in center, Soto in right, Tatis, or Tatis maybe in right, Soto in left. When Tatis returns, Nola catching or Campy catching or Pedro Severino catching, um, uh, that's pretty solid. Uh, and right now, what does the Padres lineup look like? I mean, 
we'll get into Carpenter more. Don't worry. And I'll, I'll get through your comments and all that. If you want to support the channel, a great way to do that is using that super chat button. Uh, I will get to any comment, any question that comes up from there. I appreciate you guys uh, tuning in here. What is the Padres lineup now at this moment with Matt Carpenter on the roster? And this is with Tatis suspended. So what's like the opening day lineup? Is it Kim leading off at second, Soto hitting second and right, then Bogarts, Manny, Crony, Severino as the DH? Is that who it is right now? And then Matt Carpenter probably le in left right now. And Nola catching and then Grish hitting ninth as a, another lefty in center. I'll tell you what this move does do because Carpenter is a lefty. I was talking about this a, a few days ago. This does even out the, the lineup as much as you can with Tatis back. Like when Tatis is back, you got Tatis as a righty. Kim is a righty. Bogarts is a righty. Manny's a righty. Uh, Carpenters are lefty, but Nola's a righty, so that's five lefties there. And then you have lefty or five righties. You have Soto as a lefty. You have Crony as a lefty. You have Carpenter as a lefty and Grish as a lefty. So you have five righties and four lefties. That evens out the lineup there uh, as much as you can. And I know that some fans are like, well, no, they're just going to get the best players. They don't really care about that. Well, no, they do. Because just go look at like every lineup in baseball. It's always staggered. You don't see, unless they literally can't do it because of the roster construction, every lineup, they try to stagger it with right, left, right, left. Sometimes, you know, you have to go three righties or three lefties, or if there's a specific starting pitcher on the mound, like a lefty on the mound, you put more righties in the lineup, obviously. But this is this bodes well for the Padres. You know, if guys stay healthy, they have a more balanced lineup here with Matt Carpenter on the roster. In a minute here, I will get your guys' reaction. Don't worry. Um, but I just wanted to go through Matt Carpenter here, what he might bring to the Padres. I was looking at his uh, splits a few minutes ago before I came on here. and Or not his splits, but game logs. July 8th through August 3rd this past season for the Yankees, he was like Babe Ruth. This guy, he hit 367. Seven home runs. This is again less than a month stretch. Seven home runs, a 1320 OPS. Um, he was hitting in the middle of that Yankees lineup. And this was when the Yankees weren't struggling because they did go through that period where they did struggle. And it was like Judge and no one else that was carrying that Yankees lineup. No, this is when they were good and they were hot. And Mark Carpenter was hitting in the middle of that Yankees lineup. Uh, if you look at his just 2022 stats as a whole, they look, they're just bonkers. I mean, league average OPS plus is 100, okay? His league, his uh, OPS plus in 2022 was 217. His OPS was 1138. You, you usually want your OPS to be, you know, 750, 800. No, his was over 1,000. His on-base percentage was 412. His slugging percentage was 727. Drove in 37 runs, um, hit 305, hit 15 home runs. He had, let's see how many games he played in the regular season 2022. He had a 2.4 war, baseball reference war, and he played in 47 games. So if you put that over 162 games, I'm not saying he's going to play 162, but like a full season, that's... 3.44, multiply the 2 point, what I say? The 2.4 war? 2.4 times 3.4, we'll just say times 3.4. That, that gets you a war over 8. <laughs> so, I'm not saying Carpenter would have, you know, it would have been that good the entire season. But, if he can stay healthy, he could be this type of hitter for some stretch for the Padres, and that is an impact bat for the Padres. I'm, I'm not saying this is like, oh my God, the Padres got, this is not like as big as them landing Bogarts earlier this offseason, but it's a solid bat. And this past year, if you look at the positions that he played, and I already went over this a little bit earlier, but he played 
three games at first, two games at third, three games in left, 11 games in right field. Maybe they put Soto in left and have Carpenter in right. I, I don't know a whole lot about Carpenter's range. They had him DH for 16 games in New York. Uh, this might be between New York and Texas. Was he? With, I think he was with Texas to start the year. No, he was with the Yankees the whole year. Okay. So that was his age 36 season. So this next season is age 37 season. Um, and it's a one-year deal, player option for 2024. And it's not like his injury this past season was something that we should be concerned about. At least I'm not concerned about it. He, uh, he was transferred to the 10-day IL, to the 60-day IL, 60-day uh, IL. Uh, that was after he was placed on the injured list, the 10-day IL, earlier this year, August 9th, with a left foot fracture. I believe that was from a hit-by-pitch. Or was it a foul ball? I believe that's what it was from. Let me, let me double-check that. I'm going to look that up just to make sure. But that, that's not something where it was like, yeah, it was fouled off. It was a, it was a uh, Logan Gilbert slider who pitches from the Mariners slider that he fouled off of his left foot. So that wasn't like a, a non-contact injury, like running down the baseline. And it was like, oh, no, we got to worry about this long term or it's a back situation. We know kind of like Carlos Correa, he's been dealing with that back issue. Some teams were probably hesitant to give him that long term deal, maybe because of some back issues. This he fouled the ball off his foot, you know, like he came back, played in the ALCS. Yeah, he only got one hit in the series, but he did go a long time without playing at the big league level. And the Astros swept the Yankees. So it wasn't just like Matt Carpenter who struggled. You know, Aaron Judge didn't do a whole lot in the postseason. So looking at his postseason numbers, that's not something to be worried about. All right. Let me get to what you guys are thinking what other Padres fans are thinking about this move. Continue uh, to put your thoughts in the comments. I will get to pretty much everyone here today. But first, this episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheese steaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. All right, so I'm seeing from John Heyman here, this was like a minute ago, says the Carpenter-Padres deal guarantees him 12 mil, $6 million in 2023, $6 million player option in 2024, plus the incentives. Who was it? I think I said Ken Rosenthal earlier. Um, he said, yeah, here it is. He could earn up to 21 mil. So, again, 6 mil in 2023, 6 million player option in 2024. That's 12 and then he has a lot of incentives in there. That's like $8 million possibly in incentives, right? So I'm guessing if he's guaranteed $12 million and... Oh, no, they're just counting 2024. So if he doesn't get any incentives and he takes the player option, he gets $12 million. All right, so I think that's the latest there from... Any insiders? All right, let's get to your guys' thoughts here. Seventh inning stretch says, low-key kind of sick. I wanted him last year before he went to New York. He's an appealing bat. I mean, he had success with the Cardinals, but then, you know, at the end, he was struggling there. And then he went to, I believe, Texas. Um, he hit from two, in 2020, 2021 here. I'm just looking on baseball trade rumors. He hit 176 with St. Louis. So he was really struggling, uh, but he, he kind of reinvented his swing, worked with Matt Holliday, um, it looks like, and Joey Votto, private hitting coach, as he revamped his swing, his, his approach. Um, he was with the Rangers AAA affiliate, was released by Texas, signed a major league deal with the Yankees, and then hit 305 with them, hit 15 home runs and 154 plate appearances. Maybe, was he helped by the short fence you know, at, at Yankee Stadium, the short porch? Sure. But you, you don't have that much success. It's not like all of them were home runs to left field, right? 
there were other hits in there too. So this is a quality hitter. I don't know. I don't think he's going to be a three or four hitter in the lineup. I think Crony's probably going to hit in front of him. Um, but this is a solid like six, seven hitter probably, I would think. Wolfpack says good pickup. Wolfpack says got a left-handed bat. Jude says good. Brian says he still gets on base, hits for power. He's a nice signing. So it looks like a lot of people are liking this. I'm li I don't really know you could hate it unless you're looking at like the 12 million number and it's like wait what uh but that's uh, from what i'm understanding that's not 12 million for this season he's just guaranteed that in the contract um this season it's six million dollars in 2023 so that cut so what I said about Profar, kind of throw that out the window, because uh, I was going on the belief of it's he's getting twelve million in twenty twenty three, but it's six million. He could get, or he's guaranteed twelve, but it looks like his contract, like he's getting six million dollars on, like if you go to Spot Track, it'll say like six base salary, six million dollars. Uh, so maybe Profar, it's not fifteen million a year. So, yeah, I, I got to like this. I mean, I don't know how you could hate this signing. Uh, someone asked here, do we think we are going to see a Hassan Kim or Grisham trade after seeing this? I don't think this has an effect on that, to be honest. Hassan Kim, he plays second and short. I don't think that affects. I don't think Matt Carpenter is going to be the everyday first baseman after this move, to be honest. Uh, maybe this is what we're reading into this. Maybe they have Carpenter at first. Crony at second, and they trade Kim. But I don't see that happening. Uh, as for Grisham, I don't see how this has a big effect on Trent either because he plays center. He doesn't play a corner. And so right now, if you're putting Carpenter in the outfield, he just goes and plays left field. They have an open corner right now. So I don't think that has an effect on Grisham right now. I don't think Hassan Kim gets traded. I think the Padres are just adding to their roster. They're filling out holes that they had. Remember, this was a hole that they're filling with this move. They needed a DH or someone that could go play left field right now because Tatis is suspended and they don't have Profar and they don't want David Dahl or Azokar starting in the outfield. So this is what that is. It's filling one of their holes. I hope that they go get more bats. It's not just this. Uh, but no, I, I don't think that a trade will happen with those two guys, but it could, it could happen. Obviously it's AJ Preller. He's hard to, uh, predict, right? What is he going to do? Um, I mean, because Peter Seidler is willing to spend a bunch of money. We, this off season, I feel like we have predicted him pretty well. Like they're in on Turner. He's interested in Bogarts. Okay. They're going to get one of those guys judge. We weren't really thinking about, right? That was like one day where we were all like, oh, Aaron Judge, Padres, hmm, interesting. But we that wasn't like a, a couple-week process, right, where we were like, oh, Aaron Judge, the Padres, that could happen. No, it was, that was Yankees-Giants pretty much the whole way. Um, but no, back to that uh, comment here, that question. Uh, Hassan Kim or Grisham trade, I don't see it happening. I don't think that has a this move like means that okay this this is going to happen but that that comment does come um that's not just a comment that is trying to stir things up um for anyone that missed it ken rosenthal put out yesterday uh uh, uh what i'm hearing i think column whatever he does for the athletic and he said that aj preller has received trade inquiries on kim and grisham since the xander bogart signing but preller i think this was Preller telling Ken, quote, with the Bogart signing, our intention is to play this position group together. We like the flexibility and the versatility it gives our team. So it doesn't look like Preller is looking to trade those guys, definitely. And there should be interest in them. I mean, Hassan Kim, he's a great defender. I think he's improving on offense. There are teams out there like the Twins. They probably don't want Kyle Farmer as their shortstop waiting for Royce Lewis because he's dealing with an injury. Uh, the Cardinals, do they want um, Tommy Edmond as their shortstop? There are teams out there that are looking for shortstops. 
So I could see why there's interest in there's interest in Kim, but I think the Padres' best team is having Kim on the roster because he can play multiple infield positions. He's great on defense. He could come in if he's not starting. He can come in late in games and play defense. Um, I don't see them parting with Kim unless it's for something you know really really good. If that makes sense. Kirsten says nice DH pickup. Wolfpack better not trade Tatis. They're not trading Tatis. Yeah, MLB Network yesterday, I put out a video on this. They they put Tatis yesterday on MLB Tonight. They put him as an available option among shortstops. But don't buy into that. That's I don't understand why that was even up there as a graphic. Tatis should not have been on that list. No trade clause. Why would the Padres trade one of their best players uh, when they're trying to go all in and win this year? and probably the next couple years. Uh, he can play the outfield. He's very versatile. He's one of the best hitters. This guy hit 40-plus home runs in 2021. Let's not forget that. It would be dumb for the Padres to trade Tatis. Anyone who they trade, who they get in a Tatis deal, they're probably not going to be better than Tatis. They're not going to end up being better than Fernando. Because when Fernando's healthy and he's on, he's probably a top-five player, definitely top-ten player in baseball. So they're not trading him. I could talk about that probably for like 30 minutes, but they're not they're not trading him. I mean, I probably shouldn't have even mentioned that because it's so it's so dumb of a concept. Like, like they're not dealing him, but that's uh it came up, so I I talked about it. Okay, we have someone that doesn't like the move. Says uh dude was in an offensive tailspin for 4 years before 2022. Spent last year hitting Aaron Judge's Goldilocks balls. <laughs> I hope he proves me wrong, uh, but I don't like this at all. You don't like it at all. Okay, I could see why you don't like it. You know, the age and, yeah, the tailspin that he had uh, before going to the Yankees. But what I'm focused on and I, what I think matters right now is what Matt Carpenter was doing this past year. And whatever he was doing before this past year shouldn't matter. Because he has revamped his swing and his approach. It's not like there were no reports about him changing his approach and his swing and stuff. And he had this, you know, great year. No, there were reports of him working with Matt Holliday and other players and private hitting coaches to change his approach and change his swing. So that's what I'm focused on. I'm focused on him changing and he has adapted, and it looks like that he has really improved. That's what I'm looking at. So ab about the comment, or, you know, spent last year hitting Aaron Judge's Goldilocks balls, I don't really understand what that means. Are you talking about the adjusted balls that they had because Aaron Judge was going for the home run record? If that, I understand what you're saying with that. But again, this guy was bonkers. He had over 300. OPS well over 1,000, OPS plus over 200 when league average is 100. Uh, that's not just from the baseballs. That's not just from the short porch. And he can play multiple positions, um, more than just a couple as well. So that's, that's how I'm looking at this. Alex says Carpenter needs to keep the stash. Well, he could keep the stash with the Yankees. He just couldn't have a beard. So maybe he goes back to the beard. Or because he had success, maybe it's only the stash that he keeps. Who knows? Brian says here, why would you go straight to don't trade Tatis? You have no idea what's going, what's going on, do you? I think is what Brian's saying here. No, I don't know what's going on. But what we've heard is Tatis is doing everything possible to put himself in the best position possible to go help the Padres when he can come back on April 20th. He's willing to play the outfield. That's what it seems like. I mean, he wants to play short, but when you bring in Bogarts, you're playing the outfield. He made the apology. He had multiple surgeries, even though he didn't want to do them, and that's been documented. He's had the surgeries. He's doing everything right to get back in a good, good graces with Padres' teammates. Um, so I, I see Tatis as a motivated guy. And I go to don't 
why would I, and here's why, let me ask you this, why would I not go to straight to don't trade Tatis? Like, what is the reason, what is a good reason for you to trade Tatis? I don't see a good reason to do that. The PEDs, teammates don't like him. We don't know that. Anyone who says, oh, teammates don't like him, well, we don't know that. We don't know. Bob Melvin, I was listening to, I think, Chris Rose's show the other day. He, uh, Bob Melvin told him that he wasn't even in the room for Tatis, his, his uh, meeting with the players, to apologize. So, no one knows, except the players, what Tatis said to them and what, how teammates feel about him. So, if you're going to say, I have no idea what's going on, no, I, okay, I, I don't. We don't. But you also don't have any idea about how teammates feel about him. So, like, what's the reason to trade Tatis? And why he's not going to get traded? Well, I've already mentioned it. Like, the no-trade clause. He's one of the best players in baseball. He's probably very, very motivated to shut up everyone about, oh, he's only good because of steroids. He was using steroids, and now he finally got caught. Like he, he's, he wants to prove everyone wrong, and he saw how much fun the Padres had beating the Dodgers in the postseason and going to the NLCS. And he probably thinks, hey, they went to the NLCS without me. I can be that final piece. I can be that person to push the team over the top. Uh, I guess that's my thoughts on that. Um, they're not trading Fernando Tatis Jr. I'd love to end that conversation. Um, all right. Cam, going back to the Matt Carpenter move, says, don't hate it. Need a depth for the back of the lineup. Injuries will occur. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, and it... Hitting on the back of the lineup thing, yeah. I think that's probably where he's going to be, six or seven in the order. He's not going to be at the top of the lineup, I don't think. Um, there's just so much firepower there, and he, he doesn't seem like a leadoff hitter to me for the first you know 20 games when Tatis is out. Uh, Colton wants the Padres to re-sign Drury. Yeah. If I had to bet, I would bet that it doesn't happen. I think Matt Carpenter is like the Brandon Drury. Someone who can DH, can play first, can play third, can play both corners. Um, so I don't think they'll bring back Drury, but I'd welcome it if they do. That gives you even more versatility. That gives you more guys that have versatility for this team. Daniel says, trade for Brian Reynolds. He plays left and Tatis DHs. Well, I, I put a clip out from, I think it was yesterday, about Brian Reynolds um, and why I don't think it's realistic for the Padres. And I, I stand by that. Like, to get Brian Reynolds, like, it's easy for us to say, oh, yeah, just stick him in left, Tatis DHs. But the Padres would have to give up Jackson Merrill. Like, that's what the Pirates want. They want Merrill and they want more. So are you giving up Merrill, Kim, and Grisham for this? You say put him in left, but I think the Pirates probably want Grisham in that deal. So you trade Grisham, you put Reynolds in center then, and Tatis plays right field and Soto plays left. But you give up Grisham, okay, I could, you know, Brian Reynolds is probably an upgrade. But you give up Kim as well, so you're putting Crony at second, Carpenter at first. Now who is DHing? Because you have Tatis in the outfield. That's how a trade, I think, would work. Um, I don't see it happening. Uh, I just don't. I don't think the Padres want to give up Merrill for Brian Reynolds. This isn't Juan Soto, right? Brian Reynolds, he's a good player, but he's not. This isn't like a Juan Soto package that the Pod, or that the Pirates want. You're not doing that for Brian Reynolds, I don't think. Kevin's okay with Matt Carpenter over Profar. Yeah, um, I like Profar. I think he probably plays the outfield better than Matt Carpenter. Um, Carpenter probably has a little more power potential than Profar, I would, I would say, right? And he's probably going to be cheaper than Profar. So, I mean, 
I, I say cheaper like the money matters. I don't really feel like it matters. They're going over 240. I think they did that with the Lugo move. So it's not like money matters, but someone who's cheaper can do the same things that Profar can do in terms of positions he can play, uh, probably better power. I'm okay with it as well. I'm also okay with it because I think Profar is going to get overpaid. And he's not someone, if I was Peter Seidler, he's not someone where I'm like, all right, I am overpaying this player. I'm okay with overpaying this guy. He's not that to me, I don't think. Um, let me see here. Just continuing to go through the comments. Daniel says, simply put, and in rather stunning fashion, Carpenter was baseball's best hitter on rate basis. In 2022, minimum 100 plate appearances. He led all of baseball in slugging percentage. Yeah, because he was ridiculously hot with the Yankees there for that stretch. And then he got hurt, so that shortened the season, but it also allowed him to keep his numbers where they were at, for his regular season numbers, which were absolute bonkers, right? He, he, they were nuts. I don't think he's going to do that for the full year, but you hope that he can do that to some degree for the whole year you know you hope that he can stay healthy right yeah i agree chris dude had a 212 ops plus in a third of a season still nuts yeah yeah we got carp cameron yeah we got carp what number is he gonna wear didn't he wear 13 because he's, he's not gonna wear that now what number did he wear with the yankees Let me check. What, let me see what number you are. You're going to say? He wore 13 with the Cardinals. I'm just trying to look at pictures of what number he wore. 24. 24. Anyone have 24? No one has 24 on the team, right? I don't think so. Maybe he goes to that. I don't think anyone has 24. Soto, 22. Tatis, 23. Tim Hill, 25. Snell, Snell had 24, right? For like two weeks, and then he, then he exchanged. He got a trade done with Will to get four back, and now Myers has five. So we'll see, we'll see what number he wears. Let me check Twitter real quick to see if there's any notifications I need here. To see. Don't see anything. Well, th well, this is a loaded question from Kevin here. He says, so what's the opening day roster? <laughs> uh, I could probably spend a whole like episode on this but i could go through the depth chart right now so we got darvish musgrove snell martinez lugo in the rotation um in the bullpen hater suarez garcia pomerantz Lopez, did I say Hill already? Um, Morahone, that's what, seven? I know I'm forgetting someone here. Do you put Chris Matt in there? Because I have Lugo in the rotation, and then you have Camposano, Nola. I have no idea if I'm counting all the way up if I'm getting to 26 or if I go over. So I'm just throwing out names who I think would be on it. Uh, Campesano, Nola, uh, Bogarts, Cronenworth, Kim, Machado, Carpenter. So that gives you one, two, three, four, five infielders. Um, 
Grisham, Soto, and Azoka are right now. Like those are probably the group of names that are on the roster, I would think. Um let's see here. Daniel says Astros to re-sign Michael Brantley. I was hoping the Padres signed him. Yeah, I was hoping the Padres signed him as well, but um it seemed like the Astros always wanted Brantley back. They just wanted to make sure he was healthy. And it seems like Brantley wanted to go back to the Astros anyway. So I don't know how deep into talks the Padres got with Brantley, or even if they like had a lot of conversation. That might have been one of those situations, kind of like Kershaw and the Dodgers, where he's going back to the Dodgers. They just had to work out something, and they did. He's technically a free agent, but was he really a free agent? Cameron wants one more pitcher with Profar. I'd like that, but as I said earlier, I think Profar is going to get overpaid. So, I mean, I'd like Mancini, uh, but I, I probably want someone that I know could play the outfield consistently, and I, I think Myers fits that better. I know Myers, he probably excels more at first. Like, he was really comfortable there. But I want someone that could play the outfield. And Conforto, I guess he's throwing at 150 feet, but he, he hasn't played since, what, 2021. He, he had the injury last year. So I don't know if I want to take that risk when we probably need this guy to play. You know, someone that can be healthy. Um, so I'm open to having Myers play or have Myers come back Kevin says does Dixon only play first base no I don't even think he makes the roster but he plays third I'm trying to remember left this is what he played at the big league level he might have played first at some point at the end of this past season but he's he's a utility guy I think he could play second as well uh DH probably yeah but I don't even think he makes the roster. He's probably just an El Paso guy. Flygod97 with the question here, is he going to be the Padres' first baseman? I think you're referring to Matt Carpenter. Uh, I don't think so. I think he'll have. I think he'll play at first base, but I think opening day, as it sits right now, you still have Crony at first. You have Kim at second, Bogarts at short, Manny at third, Carpenter in left, uh, Grish in center, Soto in right, Nola catching. Darvish on the mound. That's probably how you have it. Or maybe Carpenter or no. But yeah, Carpenter left. Probably Pedro Severino DHing. That's probably what it looks like right now. Alexander with a question here. Will Xander play short or Kim? Xander's playing short. Yeah. Um, a reporter tried to ask him that during the press conference, and Xander was like, he gave the look of like, uh, you an idiot? Yeah, I'm playing short. I'm the shortstop. I don't know how long he's going to be a shortstop, but yeah, he's he's playing shortstop. Jim says no one wants Tatis. Oh, that this was back when I was talking about the Tatis trade conversation. Uh, no, I think there's plenty of teams that want Tatis. I think fans are emotional and they react way too much about a PED suspension of someone that's that young and that talented like teams are like well you didn't do that with us that's fine even if you did you're fernando tatis jr of course we have interest in you plenty of teams would have interest in tatis if he gets if he's on the trade block or made available he's not going to be but just in a hypothetical situation if he were to be available plenty of teams would want him it would be like juan soto plenty of teams would want him it would be a question of can they afford him, you know, with the farm system and players they'd have to give up. It would have to be a bigger haul than Soto. And we saw with the Padres, they give up major league player, a major league player. They gave up all of their top prospects. It would take more than that. Especially when the Padres are trying to win. You know, they're going to want, like, probably Corbin Burns and, you know, Jason Dominguez, I know those are separate teams, but 
you're going to want a top pitcher. You're going to want top prospects, like the best prospects in baseball. Maybe it would be like a three-team trade or whatever. Like the Padres would want everything for Tatis, and deservedly so because Tatis is an amazing player that they have. They're not trading him. Daniel says Padres should re or should sign AJ Pollock if they don't re-sign Profar. I'd be open to Pollock. Um, I'd actually probably be more open to Pollock than Conforto, to be honest. Um, just the health. I, I think Pollock dealt with some injuries, but and he is getting up there in age. But Conforto, I just don't. I don't want to give him a contract and then, you know. He can't throw. I know he's throwing right now, but it's a long season. I don't think the Padres want to be taking that big of a risk when they can just go get another outfielder, you know? Uh, here we go again with the Brian Reynolds trade. Uh, Wolfpack proposes Camposano, Grisham, and Kim for Reynolds and Keller. No, the Pirates would not do that. They might want more than that for just Reynolds alone, not just not adding in Keller as well. They they might want more than Camposano, Grisham, and Kim. From what what we're reading, the package that they're proposing or, or the package that they want for Reynolds, it's been described as like a Soto-like package. The Padres aren't going to want to do that, I don't think. Uh, and are they interested in Camposano? Because they have what's his name Henry Davis like the it's I think that's the Pirates' top catching prospect. So is Camposano a fit there? They're just gonna have him DH. Are they gonna try to move him to first? Do you want to do that if you're the Pirates? I don't know. It would take more than that, probably definitely more than that for Reynolds and Keller. That's for sure. Kevin says, bottom half of the lineup versus lefties is not great right now. Azokar in right, Nola at catcher, Grisham in center. Those are the bottom three, and maybe Camp at six in the DH spot. Okay, so I know, look, Azokar, I don't think Azokar is a starting outfielder right now. I think it's Carpenter. I think you put him in one of the corner outfield spots. Um, Nola catching. I'm fine with Nola and Grisham being the 8-9 hitters. If we're complaining that Nola and Grisham are the 8-9 hitters, we're, I think we're getting greedy. Um, I understand fans, they, they want superstars at every position, but you got to realize the situation the Padres are in. Um, they like Nola behind the plate. Pitchers like throwing to Nola. I think they still believe in Trent Grisham. They know what they're going to get on defense from Grish, and offensively, it can't be worse than it was last year. Um, and then Campy at six in the DH slot. Maybe you have him there as the DH, but I think they're going to get another bat, so that takes care of Campy having to be the DH. And right now, you probably put Pedro Severino as the DH over Campy. You just have Campy be the backup catcher, right? Um, so I think that improves it a little bit. Um, I agree, though. Like, if you look at the, the lineup without Tatis right now, and I... I, I I went through the lineup kind of quickly at the beginning. And once you get past the first, like, five, Kim, Soto, Bogey, Manny, Crone, let's just say that's the top five right now. Then it's, what, Severino, Ocampi, Carpenter, Nola, Grish. Yeah, that's not strong. But what lineup in baseball, other than probably the Astros, has, like, a strong lineup one through almost nine? Like, the Astros one through seven is really solid. Fangraphs has Jeremy Pena, who just won the wild, uh, not the wild card, the World Series MVP and the ALCS MVP. They have him hitting seventh in their lineup. He's probably going to hit second, and Brantley might move down. But they have a stacked lineup. Who else in baseball has a stacked lineup one through nine, one through eight, one through seven even, right? It's top load. That's, that's what baseball is. You put your best hitters at the top of the lineup, and the bottom half of the lineup, you, you see what you, you have there. Um. Yeah, the the lineup, Kevin. The lineup can get better, and I think it will. I think they will add another bat. That's that's what I'll say. Um, 
to that. This this lineup, or not this lineup, this offseason for A.J. Preller, how would you grade A.J. Preller's offseason so far? I'd give it an A right now. There's there's more things that need to be done. But what did they need going into the offseason? They needed starting pitching, and they've gotten that with Martinez, Lugo. Hopefully they add another starter. They needed relief pitching, right? Because Suarez was going to leave, but they brought him back, so that's really good. Um, they brought in Lopez, the Rule 5 draft guy. They wanted to improve their offense with power bats. They got Bogarts. That's that's a, a great move that we weren't expecting. They bring in Matt Carpenter. Needed someone the DH could play first, third, left, right. Check that box. They added another catcher, Pedro Severino, for depth. Like, you have to give this probably an A right now. They they add Tehran as some depth uh, in the rotation. You have Tatis coming back, forty plus home runs in twenty twenty one. So. You've improved the offense. You've probably improved the rotation a little bit. And the bullpen is the same or maybe a little better. And the bullpen, even if it's the same, it was very good this past season. And was a big reason why the Padres made it to the NLCS. So I really love the offseason that A.J. Preller has put together for the Padres. David Dahl was another depth option that they brought in. Uh, on a minor league deal as well. Um, Wolfpack asks, does Tatis get to participate in spring training? Yes, he just doesn't play the first 20 games. No, Justin, I think Snell had 24, not 22. I don't think he had 22. Nick Martinez, I think, had 22, right? Do I have that right? Because didn't Nick Martinez get like a watch or something from Soto for the number? Snell had 24, I think. And then he switched to four. Because I, I saw some Snell 24 jerseys around Petco Park last year. Those guys really wanted a Snell jersey right out of the gate. I agree with Kevin here. says, uh, I also think Tati should DH a lot if possible. Lots of time away from the grind of a full season. I think he will DH sometimes. Uh, to give him, you know, half day off. Day off his feet. Um, and, yeah, because I think you want his bat in the lineup, right? You want to keep him healthy, so get him off the field when you want to, when you can't afford to. Uh, I know he wants to play the field, but Having him DH sometimes, um, you still get his most valuable asset on the field, if that makes sense, and that's in the batter's box. Um, you can still use his speed on the bases when he gets on. Yeah, I think they will do that a good amount this season. But he's going to the outfield right now. Justin asks, do you think we trade Campy or Grish? No, I don't. I think that Severino is probably just more a depth option. Uh, last night when I was reacting to the Pedro Severino news, I brought up, what does this mean for Campy? Is there a trade in the works? Is there a trade for Nola in the works? Because they're giving Severino like incentives, I think. or they're, if he, he gets like over a million dollars if he reaches the big league. So to me, that was like, oh, hmm. They're actually, if, if it's in the contract, he'll be in the minors, but they're, if he reaches the big leagues, like they're they'll pay him over a million. So does that mean that they they're planning on having him in the big leagues, and they're trading someone? Uh, I think it's more just a depth move, and it doesn't hurt to have another catcher because if Campy or Nola got hurt, who's their next catcher? Brett Sullivan. Some of you guys maybe not haven't even heard of that guy before. So um, it, it's it's good to have a third catcher depth, right? Um. And they went with Pedro Severino over Alfaro. I forget how much Alfaro would have been paid, but they just decided to, what, DFA him, release him, whatever they did. So Alfaro's a free agent now. 
Alexander says, do you think the Padres will sign Shohei next year? No. Um, I think there's just going to be so much competition. I think the the Dodgers, they're getting under the luxury tax so that they can go big on Otani. Uh, Devers might be a free agent as well if the Red Sox keep acting like dumb ownership uh, and they can't extend him or they trade him. Um, the Mets with Steve Cohen, obviously, willing to spend whatever. I mean, he made comments to the New York Post recently saying that he, he, he's been dealing with a lot of money, big numbers for a long time now, and he was, he was fine with paying like $100 million in taxes or whatever it was going to be, 95 mil, whatever it was. It was a lot of taxes if they brought Carlos Correa in, but they were willing to do that. They just got into the conversation late, and according to, I guess, Steve Cohen or John Heyman, whoever, whoever said it, they were talking about how Boris was pretty much telling them, hey, we're, de- we're far down the line with the Giants here or with another team. It ended up being the Giants, so they didn't get him. But Steve Cohen's going to be willing to spend. I would think the Yankees are going to be willing to make some type of offer. Dodgers, definitely. You'd think the Angels would try to make an offer, but I don't think he's going back there, so they're probably not a threat. Uh, the Cubs, they have money to spend. Who knows about the Phillies with John Middleton. The Giants, they have a lot of money even after Correa, I would think. Uh, the Padres, I think their focus is extending Darvish, extending Manny, right? We still got to focus on that. Extending Soto, that's what their focus is. Because right now, they have a World Series contending team, uh, I think. Definitely NLCS contending team. Now, you got to keep that team intact for the future, right? The answer is, do you think that we're going to get Johnny Cueto? I did just see something about the Marlins being interested in him, which I thought was kind of a weird fit. You'd think a contender would be interested. Uh, I don't think we'll get Cueto, but I think we'll get another starter. I like Kluber. I like Waka. Avaldi, I mean, they'd have to give up draft picks. He doesn't stay healthy consistently. I'm fine with not having Avaldi, but he is an option. Uh, I'll probably be excited if we land Avaldi, but I know that we'll be giving up draft picks. It's worth it to give up draft picks and money for Bogarts. Avaldi, not so much. When you can go get other starters for just money on you know one-year deals, one-year deal with the player option, something like that. Dan says Snell always has worn number four. Well, I'm, I'm, no, in spring training, when he came with the Padres, he came to the Padres, he wore 24 at first. And then I think it was like the day before opening day, it was announced that Snell was going to go back to four from 24 and Myers is going to get five because they worked out some trade or whatever. So in the regular season, he's always worn four, but in spring training that year, he wore 24. Joseph asks, do you think Tatis will play in his first game back allowed, have family in Arizona, and we might go out for it? What is, for, is his first game in Arizona, or would it be in Mexico? It might, yeah, I think you're right. It's probably in Arizona. Um, I think he will play in the first game that he's back. If there's no injury setbacks, yeah, he'll play. The Padres want Tatis back as soon as possible. He's one of the best players in baseball. So they're not going to hold him back. Um, they're only going to hold him back if there's an injury setback as he's ramping up, if rehab, if there's if, if something goes wrong with that, then they'll then they'll probably, you know, delay it, his return. But no, I'd probably say, yeah, he'll come back then. I don't know if you have to like go get tickets now for that. I mean, it's Chase Field. That place looks like like a trash can. Uh I don't think that it'll be sold out. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he'll play. Good question by Joey. If you could only get one more player this offseason, who would it be? Well, here's the thing. 
I think the Padres need multiple players, not just one. But if I can only get one, I'm going to prioritize starting pitching. So I'll go with Corey Kluber. I really like Kluber. I think he found something this past year with Tampa. He has a prior relationship with Ruben Niebla from being in Cleveland. And he showed that he could stay healthy for the majority of last year. So I, I'd, I'd go get Kluber or Waka. But one player, I'd probably go Kluber over Waka because I think Kluber probably has the higher potential. Um, I'd be fine with either of those guys. But here's the thing. The Padres, they need multiple pieces. Um, it's not just one. I think they need another starter at least, and they need another bat. Because right now, who's your DH? If you're having Carpenter in left or one of the outfield spots, who's your DH? Pedro Severino? They probably want a better bat than that. Or you just need someone to go fill out the bench, right? So that's what I would do. Uh, Joe asks here, where can I buy tickets for the Mexico game? I have no idea. I, probably the Padres website. I would go look up the, at the Padres website, and they'll probably have it there. I know season ticket holders, I think they've been offered tickets for it because uh, I think those are considered Padre home games. But I think if you just go to the – I would just go to the Padres website and look it up. All right, so Padres signed Matt Carpenter. Again, just to summarize this, I like the move. He can play first. He can play third. He can play left, right. He can DH. This guy had an insane offensive year with the Yankees when he was healthy. And if he can do that with the Padres, I'm not expecting him to have a 200-plus you know, OPS+, plus, but if he can – you know, perform offensively if he can be um, a if he can add production to this Padres offense. This move is going to be a good one. Uh, Six million dollars for 2023, 12 million guaranteed. Uh, sign me up for that for Matt Carpenter. You didn't have to overpay for Brandon Drury, which I think he's going to get more than what Carpenter gets. And who knows if they get Profar, but you don't have to overpay for him. I'd like to have Profar back, but I don't want to overpay for him and give him like five years like Benintendi got. So this is a good short-term move, a guy that can positively impact this Padres team. And I think Wolfpack here says if he hits 10 home runs, that would be amazing. I, I, I mean, I don't know about amazing. He played like a third of the season and he hit 15 with the Yankees. So. I'm hoping that he hits more than 10. Uh, I just hope, because he's going to be hitting, what, 6th or 7th in the lineup? Probably 7th when Tatis comes back, right? Maybe 6th? No, probably 7th. Um, I guess it depends on who's DHing. Maybe it's him when Tatis comes back. If he's hitting 7th, I just want someone that's going to keep the line moving, someone that's going to be able to drive in runs with Crony, and Bogarts and Manny on base. And I think he can do that. I think he showed that this past year with the Yankees. And like I said earlier, I don't think that all of those home runs were because, oh, he was, in the sh he was hitting the sh uh, at Yankee Stadium with the short porch. And Major League Baseball changed the balls. So that's why he had all this success. Like, no, this guy's put in the work to become a better hitter to change his approach, like he's worked on it. There's been stories written about it. So I have no reason to believe that this guy is going to just, you know, suck and go back to sucking the way he was with the Cardinals there at the end. I have no reason to believe that. Uh, PA Fruck here says, do we have any comments in Nabil as a starter? No, not really. I think he can pitch multiple innings, but he's not going to be a starter. Joey asks here, what would be the complete lineup with Tatis? I'd probably say Tatis, Soto, Bogey, Manny, Crone, Kim to separate the lefties, then Carpenter as the DH, Nola, and Grisham. That's probably how I would set it. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in here. Episode 306 of Talking Friars. The Padres have landed a bat. Matt Carpenter. There's still more work to be done, but A.J. Preller probably gets an A for me so far this offseason. 
He has made this team better. End of story. He's made this team better. Thank you so much for tuning in here. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Turn on the notifications so you don't miss when I go live like I just did. Thank you for listening for those podcast listeners. I really do appreciate it. You can find me on social media at Talking Friars. Have a good one, everybody. Go Pods.